Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Welcome to Special Edition, a weekly look at the issues in the news and the personality shaping the stories. Happy Halloween weekend. I'm Paula Degnan, and thanks for joining me on Special Edition. This week, we're going to find out how telehealth care is being taken to the next level. We're also going to get the update on the Friends of the Poor Thanksgiving, and we're going to start off with Halloween safety. PennDOT's Mike Toludo and Christine Sullivan, coordinator of the Community Traffic Safety Program in Lackawanna County, are here with some Halloween safety reminders. Happy Halloween weekend. And we're going to get some great Halloween safety tips on the line, both Christine Sullivan and Mike Toludo. And who wants to give me some Halloween tips for this weekend? I'll give you something. Halloween is on a Sunday this year. So a lot of a lot of parties will be on Saturday night. So we want to make sure if you're going to a Halloween party that if you're drinking, you make sure you have a designated driver and that you that you take all precautions when you're going to your party. That's exactly a good way to start out. Christine, then we need you to give us some good safety tips when we're out on the streets. When we're out on the streets, and especially for our children, trick-or-treat with friends or a grown-up, never go alone. Always cross the street at a corner and look left, right, and left again. When it comes to pedestrian safety, it's up to us individually to keep ourselves safe and really be aware of our surroundings and the traffic that is out there. Never walk out between parked cars. Don't cut across yards and driveways. And if you're traveling in a car, remember to buckle up every trip, every time. Costumes are also a concern and that has a lot to do with pedestrian safety. So what are some of the tips that we can think of as far as safe costumes if we're heading out? Your costume has to have some uh, bright colors on it. We just want to make sure the driver sees the Halloween are out there. But this, a lot of times now, a lot of communities are doing community events. I think there's a trunk and treat in almost every community. There's one in Scranton on Wyoming Avenue on Saturday the 30th. So there's a lot of stuff going on by organizations that put the trunk and treat out. So that's probably even a better thing to do because, again, 
There's so many other safety issues that are involved. So we want to wish everybody a safe and happy Halloween. Oh, happy Halloween, everybody. And just if, if you're drinking at a Halloween party on Saturday night, the 30th, make sure you have a designated driver. Friends don't let friends drive drunk. If you know someone who's about to drive while impaired, take their keys and make them get arrangements to get to where they're going safely. One quick thing, if you're putting your child under age, make sure they're in the proper passenger child safety seat. I say that all the time because some people don't realize you still have to use the child seat. All right. Teen driving going on all this month. What are we telling teens? Between between 16 and 18, you have, the seatbelt law is a primary offense. That's a lot of people don't realize that, that you, you, can, you have to have the seatbelt on when you're driving. It is Teen Driving Safety Week. We're talking about trying to keep teens safe behind the wheel. This is one of the most dangerous times for teens when they get behind the wheel at the age of 16. So we want to remind them just to not drive distracted, eyes on the road, hands on the wheel. Don't let other passengers that are in the vehicle with you distract you while you're driving. You have a six months of learning with your permit. You have to have a supervisor adult older than must be 21 years old, a 65 hours adult supervisor to build your skills in driving. And nighttime driving restrictions begin at 11 p.m. There's been a lot of discussion about school buses. When you are out on the road and you do see a school bus. You know, if the stop sign comes out, you must stop. Yeah, around this time, there's increased foot traffic around the school. Just to try to keep kids safe, don't speed. Always watch out for pedestrians. And be aware, again, as motorists and as pedestrians, be aware of your surroundings. Um, and again, it's, it's up to us to keep ourselves safe. Watch for pedestrians. Watch for young children. And don't speed down, especially those residential streets, to try to keep children safe around school buses and just in their neighborhoods in general. Oh, yeah. You know what I noticed out there, too? At certain times of the day, like around 2.30, when school's getting out, the drivers need to need to be aware that there's more traffic on the road at that time. And we see a lot of people still speeding. Um, Even if there's not a school bus stop, you should still be cautious when you're driving by a school. We're still in an area where it's getting darker earlier, and sometimes the kids are getting off a school bus when it is dark out. So again, that's another thing to be careful of. Especially in the neighborhoods where there's a lot of school drop-off, you should, if you're driving in that neighborhood, you should be aware that there's going to be a school pickup or a school drop-off. Uh, and, and just follow the rules. The stop sign comes out on the bus, make sure you stop, give enough dis- distance. Just be, do not be distracted when you're, when you're by a school bus. Christina, the idea of putting on reflective tape, is that something that maybe we ought to think about, a reflective tape on a book bag or something like that? You know, high visibility for anyone can never hurt, Paula. So um, that's actually a good idea. Be seen wherever you are. Be seen. Make sure that the driver sees you. If, in fact, you can make eye contact with that driver, it helps to be able to know that they've seen you before stepping out um, into a street. And always obey the traffic signs and signals that are around you. And if there are no traffic signs and signals, be aware. And again, Before you step out, look left, right, and left again. We teach it all the way down from kindergarten and all the way up. We still talk about that as adults, left, right, and left again. Whether you're in your vehicle and driving or whether you're on the street and you're walking, it's a a good rule and a safe rule to follow. So anything that we want to leave with our listeners? Paula, the Halloween Impaired Driving Campaign 
is actually going on to October 31st. Pennsylvania State Police, along with our municipal police departments, will have a zero tolerance for any impaired driving. We just want to get the word out to keep everyone, motorists and and pedestrians, safe during Halloween. There are so many um, municipalities that are having uh, Scranton City, Carbondale City, and then just around the towns, there are so many trunk or treats going on. And it's nice to see that all the municipalities are trying to keep the children safe during Halloween. The trunk or treat that Christine was telling us about is happening on Saturday at the Ritz Theater on Wyoming Avenue in downtown Scranton. It's the second annual Enchanted Trunk or Treat. The road will be closed from 1 until 3 in front of the Ritz Theater. They'll have games, activities, and food. Check with your municipality for your trunk or treat. Now when we come back, we're going to get set for Thanksgiving on Special Edition. Welcome back to Special Edition. Thanksgiving's right around the corner and the Friends of the Poor are getting ready. Megan Loftus, CEO of Friends of the Poor, and Linda Robeson, chair of the Friends of the Poor Family to Family Program, are going to be joining me to give you updates on the upcoming interfaith prayer service as well as the Thanksgiving dinner and the Family to Family Food Basket giveaway. Here's Megan. Megan. We are talking about Thanksgiving. We're talking about, once again, the Friends of the Poor are having another Thanksgiving extravaganza. I'm just going to turn it right over to you. Give us the details. And what what number year is this? So this is our 45th uh, Thanksgiving community program. So the, the Thanksgiving program actually outnumbers the agency by 10 years. It was Sister Adrian's very first ministry when she came back to Scranton. So... We are on year 45. Um, Once again, we'll kick off on Friday the 19th with our interface prayer service. And that's just, um, you know, a nice event. All faith traditions are welcome. And it's just kind of the way that we kick off um, our celebration of gratitude and being part of a community. Um, So that's a nice event. And then the next Tuesday is our dinner for adults and elderly. That's the hot meal where, you know, everything's already cooked. There's turkey, gravy, stuffing, potatoes. Um, there's veggies and pies and candy bars and anything you can imagine. Um, and that will be Tuesday, November 23rd at the Cultural Center. Uh, um, unfortunately, we're still kind of dealing with COVID-19. So it's not an indoor event, not a sit-down event this year. We're going to do a drive-through just like we did last year. So last year we did about 2,200 meals as a drive-through. This year um, we're preparing for about 3,500. Well, still, congratulations. You did a wonderful job last year. I don't think anyone was disappointed. Of course, they missed the camaraderie. That's the biggest part of Absolutely. And you can't you can't unfortunately put that in a to-go basket and have the same kind of feeling. But let's get back to the interfaith service because sometimes that's that, well, it always is the beginning of the entire celebration, but sometimes we don't get to talk about that as much as we should, I think. So tell us where that's happening. And is that also going to be something that's Zoomed again this year or how is that going to work? So that is, um, it's again Friday the 19th. Um, at 7 p.m. at Temple Hesed. And there's going to be two options. Everyone is welcome to join in person. Um, masks are required inside. 
uh, but we, we are welcoming anybody and everybody to join us in person. We are also going to attempt to stream it live um, via Facebook. You know, we're not the most technically savvy people in the world, so we're not guaranteeing it's going to be perfect. Um, so if you really are excited about the event, we really encourage you to come join in person, but we will also try to have a virtual aspect. Well, I know the folks at Temple has said have been doing most of their services throughout the over the past year via Zoom and there may have even been so I think you're in good hands as far as all that's concerned. They're a wonderful team and they are so very helpful. Um, That that event is is in partnership with the Scranton Area Ministerium. So there's so many men and women from different faith traditions that have come together to put this event on and just kind of show that, you know, we are a united and grateful community. We don't have to be divided. Um, We can have differences of opinions and still love each other and still, you know, enjoy a holiday season together. And so that's what this this service really represents for us. All right. Well, I, I, I think you're in good hands with all those folks, Megan. So you don't have to, you can, you can kind of step back from that one just a little bit as far as getting it on the air. Absolutely. <laughs> now we'll talk more about the upcoming and I still like to call it a dinner because it is all the fixins for the dinner. And again, it's just that we're not all in one place. So how are the preparations for that going? Because again, you're taking on a major project and every year the numbers continue to increase. So what kind of numbers are we looking at this year for not only the people who are going to be participating, but for all of the stuff that you need? So we, um, this, this is definitely not my forte, and there have been so many people, you know, in the restaurant and the service industry that have helped us with calculating these numbers because we are we're doing an additional twelve hundred meals than we did last year. We we ran out of meals before our allotted time, so we had to increase. Um, so we have just you know started with our calling of all the local businesses and, and donors we had years prior and asking for help, and we are looking for new donors as well because you know instead of 200 dozen dinner rolls. Now we need, um, you know, almost 300 dozen. So we need a, a lot more support and a lot more donors to make this event work. And so anybody who's interested in getting involved, anybody who's interested in donating, we just ask that they contact us directly. And we have a running list of the things that we still need that haven't been, you know, spoken for yet that we can say, you know, here's the five or six things, which one would you like to take care of? And it must be, again, a lot different and another another aspect of the challenge to have to plan for to-go meals and the takeout meals rather than having people sitting down at tables where if you had to do something quickly, I'm sure that some of them will talk about the potato peeling at a little bit later on. But I'm sure that if if you, you know, if you peel that many potatoes, you're going to have that. But then you don't want to have leftovers. So how is all of this working into that change? A big one just in itself. It is. It's a big change. Um, what we did last year and we'll do again this year is we had about five or six teams of people inside the cultural center um, scooping up all of the food and putting it into the takeout containers. So they are, you know, kind of preparing the takeout containers. We have somebody in there counting to make sure that we have enough. Um, and then they're running the food outside in front of the cultural center where we bag it and we add, you know, the utensils and the rolls and um, napkins. And then that's where we hand it out to the cars. So there's a lot of different steps and there's a lot more 
actual steps that people have to take between, you know, the food coming in and it going out than in years prior, because we used to just, you know, put it on a plate and take it out from the kitchen and hand it out. Now we have to run all the way out front, bag it, add some utensils and everything, and then give it to the people as they drive by or walk by. So there are a lot of extra steps, a lot more volunteers that we need um, just to kind of make everything work. But last year I, I had this vision in my head. I wasn't sure if it was going to work and it, it went very smoothly. So we're just going to try to replicate that again this year. Now you mentioned volunteers. So before I go too far here, how about that? Because I know in the past, again, um, with COVID and everything, volunteers were also differently selected. Um, they had to, well, how, how are you doing? How are you doing with those? And do you need them? So we are just asking anyone who's interested in volunteering to reach out to us um, ahead of time rather than just show up as we used to do, because we do have to make sure we don't have an overabundance of volunteers that we can allow for some distancing. It sounds crazy because people are always looking for volunteers, but typically at Thanksgiving, we have a pretty good turnout of people who are you know, there and ready to give back to the community, which we so appreciate. And we would love to you know, be able to accommodate everyone, but we have to be able to be spaced out and safe as well. So just asking people if they're interested to reach out to us and let us know, and we will try to fill them into any open slots. All right. Now let's get back to more of those preparations. And again, it it goes back to my thinking of your own Thanksgiving or any time that you're having a dinner and you're expecting people. And then all of a sudden you find out that somebody came in from out of town and now you've got a few more people. So how do you know in the end how many you are actually, because you said the numbers continue to go up. So how do you know on that day about how many people you're expecting? So we've just been trying to, you know, figure out the need based on the amounts that we did last year, based on the amount of people we're seeing in our pantry locations and at our other drive through distributions. Um, and typically we have a ton of phone calls, emails, Facebook messages in the weeks and months leading up of people saying, I want to get on the list for a Thanksgiving meal. Now, to be completely transparent, we do not have a list. We don't keep a running list ahead of time. It is first come, first serve that day. Um, But we try to use that to figure out the numbers. And, you know, we've never really had a lot of leftovers. I mean, we've had leftovers of different things in the past. Like maybe we made some extra green beans or things. And typically when we have anything left over like that, we just reach out to one of our other, you know, sister agencies in the area that serve people in need, like, St. Francis Kitchen or Community Intervention Center and see if they can take some of the leftover food to serve their clients with as well. Wow. It is just such an, um, and it's just the numbers. And I'm going to just veer off topic a hair here. You mentioned your pantries, you mentioned the drive-throughs. Are you seeing any of those numbers for need going down at all? I would say, you know, from peak pandemic, from From spring and summer of 2020, it's definitely down a little bit. Um, But if you compare this to, you know, our 2017, 18, 19 numbers, we're still higher than we were at that point. So there's definitely an increased need than, you know, before COVID-19 was even a blip on any of our radar. Um, But luckily, we're not still at that that peak that we had in like the summer of 2020 when everybody was really, um, there were a lot of people who were new to poverty and who didn't really know where to turn. So I don't know if it's, you know, a combination of people are getting back to work and 
and able to kind of make ends meet again, or if more people just know where to go and where to get their services. But um, we're definitely still up. But, you know, I, I would say, thank God, it, it's not as high as it had been just a couple months ago. All right. Now we'll talk more about getting prepared. And one of the things that I always used to love to hear Sister Adrian talk about was that potato peeling party. Now, again, I know COVID did a lot to, with all of that, but is there anything like that at all going on? And I, I still have my peeler, so I'm ready to go. So, unfortunately, that is one of my favorite aspects of Thanksgiving that COVID has knocked out of the running. So uh, we can't potato peel with you know so many different groups of people and have all kinds of hands on the food and everything. And just consulting with the kitchens and, and the very generous organizations that help us prepare the meal. That's just not safe for us right now. So unfortunately, that's off the table this year. The the restaurants and the hotels and the universities that are cooking for us are taking care of that for us this year, which we're very grateful for because, as you know, even though it's one of my favorite parts, it is a huge undertaking. So that's that's a big portion of planning and preparation that's off of our plate. Well, again, it is all about the camaraderie, and that was certainly one of those parts of the event that brought everybody together and a lot of fun and sometimes some injuries, but we won't talk about those because they were all minor. (laughs) Now, as far as the day is going to go, Megan, how is it going to work? How do people, where do they line up? Um, I know you're, you're driving through, so, and you, again, had a lot of help last year with traffic and and, uh, control and so how is all that going to work so we will have uh, you know a lot of individuals out on the streets to make sure that traffic is directed and controlled again and the people are very um, sure where to go the one change that we're making this year we had last year given out the food on the corner of vine and north washington and what we found is that we have a lot of backed up traffic and a lot of people not very happy with us in that little intersection So what we're going to do instead is have people come up fine still, um, but we're going to have them turn onto North Washington, and we're just going to use that one lane of traffic since it's a one-way and give out food as they're driving um, up North Washington. And so then when you get to the end of the street, you'll take a right down Mulberry and be back into Center City and and go whatever direction you need to. But, you know, from 2.30 to 5.30, if you're not volunteering or in need of food, I would highly suggest you avoid the several blocks around 420 North Washington Avenue. All right. And of course, when we're talking about that, we want people to know, again, to be safe. So as you said, now you also mentioned walking up. Is that a possibility as well? It is. So we don't turn anybody away whatsoever. And we understand that not everybody has a vehicle as well as there are a lot of individuals who live downtown and it would be silly for them to to take a car or some sort of transportation just a few blocks. So um, we ask that everybody be masked and we ask that they wait on the sidewalk um, and we will have a volunteer run over uh, the meals to them. We don't want anybody having to, you know, step into the street or try to dodge traffic themselves, but we will have enough volunteers there and available that they can, you know, take their, then order the number of meals they need and run them over to them. And last year, did you not get some help? as far as bringing meals to some of the folks who couldn't get out to get them? We did, and we're going to do that again. So in the past for our dinner itself, um, there were a lot of residents of, you know, senior high rises and assisted living facilities that would get bussed into our dinner. 
And so there would be transportation provided and they could come and enjoy the evening out. Um, we understand that they living in the facilities, they may not have transportation as we provided in the past. So we have partnered with Junior League of Scranton once again, and we are going to pack up the meals and deliver them right to those high rises and assisted living facilities so that individuals can still have um, a meal to enjoy for Thanksgiving. Wow. Megan, congratulations once again. Just hearing it in your voice, I know it's a little frustrating because you want to get back to the whole idea of being at the cultural center and having everybody come together and because what a wonderful feeling that is. But again, you and your group are able to get it all together and do it once again this year that it is amazing. So before I let you go, if you would just one more time, give us the rundown of events, starting with the uh, with the prayer service and then the day of the event so that everyone has all of the information. I'll just turn it right over to you. Thank you. So the, the interfaith prayer service is going to be Friday, November 19th, 7 p.m. at Temple Hesed. All are welcome to join. You do not have to be part of any different faith tradition. Um, we are just getting together to celebrate our differences and our, you know, coming together as a community and the gratitude that we have for one another. And then the following week, Tuesday, November 23rd, we will be doing dinners as a takeout from Scranton Cultural Center uh, from 2.30 in the afternoon to 5.30 in the afternoon so that we make sure everyone has their dinner by dinner time. Um, and again, that's at Scranton Cultural Center, 420 North Washington Avenue, Tuesday the 23rd from 2.30 to 5.30. And once again, if anyone would like to volunteer? Anyone who wants to volunteer, we ask that they give us a call, um, send us an email, check out our Facebook page or our website. Um, you know, we, we just need to make sure that we have enough volunteers, but not that, oh, not that we don't have enough ability to space out and stay safe for everyone in light of the pandemic. So just reach out to us, give us a call, 570-340-6086. And we'd be happy to slide you into one of our open volunteer slots. And maybe if you're like me and potato peeling is probably the extent of your cooking prowess, maybe you'd like to make a donation. And how would somebody go about doing that? So if you um, are interested in donating, we, we are in need of monetary donations. We did order 74 turkeys this year, um, 74 32-pound turkeys, which are quite expensive. The price of turkey is up this year significantly. So we need monetary donations, which can be made on our website again. Um, and we also need different businesses and community organizations to donate some of the food items because we have increased the number of meals so much. So um, just give us a call and we'll let you know what we're still in need of. Again, the number is 570-340-6086. Thanks once again to Megan Loftus, CEO of Friends of the Poor, for giving us the update on the 45th Annual Thanksgiving Community Program that starts Friday, November 19th with the Interfaith Prayer Service and then the drive through Thanksgiving dinner on Tuesday, November 23rd. Then on Wednesday, November 24th, it's the Family to Family drive through Food Basket Giveaway. It just seems like yesterday that we met Linda Robeson and her son Ryan, shares of the program, but it's their seventh year. Linda, you're getting ready for another big event. It's the Family to Family program, and you're still dealing with 
the COVID protocols, but last year it worked. It did. You know, I have to admit that when we first got into this whole food giveaway and everything, and we had to do it outside, I was a little bit worried about how it would all come together. But I have to say, it is such an efficiently run program now. You know, we had a lot of bumps along the way because even leading up to Thanksgiving, we're on our 40th emergency food giveaway already. We've had a lot of time to practice, a lot of time to work out the kinks. But so for November 24th, we will again be doing an outdoor giveaway. It's going to be at the Armory Reserve Center on Dixon Avenue. So it's a new location and everything, but it's kind of a big wide space. We think we'll have room to accommodate all the cars because we're actually prepared for 3,500 families for Thanksgiving this year. Wow. And that's up from how many last year? Prior to COVID, we were kind of averaging around 2,700 families a year. Last year, we were prepared for 3,000 because we knew with all of the, with everybody losing their jobs, we were going to need a lot. So last year, we gave away 3,000 turkeys, but we ended up having to give away a couple hundred gift certificates because we ran out of food. So this year, we thought, okay, we better be prepared for 3,500. So yeah, that's what we're working towards. And it's a bit of a challenge. The first thing that I want to talk to you about is the change in location, because a lot of people are just used to over the years going to the Scranton Cultural Center. So can you give us uh, more details about where it's going to be held this year and how it's going to work there? It's going to be the drive through format again. Um, it's at the Armed Forces Reserve Center, and it's 3401 Oliphant Avenue in Scranton. It's in a different location. It's still in Scranton. It's still easy to get to, and it has a very large parking spot. I mean, the Armed Forces Reserves have been very accommodating to let us have it there and everything. So it'll still run the same way all of our other giveaways have run. Like I said, it's just going to be in a new location. So, But I kind of feel like the drive through format is a lot easier for people to be able to just drive up. We put the food in their car. They don't even have to get out of their car. And then they're on their way, as opposed to at the cultural center where they had to stop, get out of the car, take their food back a block or so to find a parking spot. So I really feel like this is more beneficial to the people who are actually coming for our food. I'm excited that we're able to do this again. I mean, and we don't know where COVID is going to be in November. So I just think this is a very safe environment for everybody. Now, what happens if someone is coming to get the food from you on the 24th and they live in the downtown area and maybe they don't have access to a car? Are you prepared for walk-ups as well? Yes, we're always prepared for that, you know, because we obviously don't want anybody to go without food. And we strongly encourage people to have their neighbors drive them or have just a neighbor pick them up because, you know, it's not like it's one meal per, per car. Like we have families who come and pick up for five different families in their neighborhood. And we have no problem with that. As long as you can give us their name, tell us how many people are in the family and their zip code. That's all that's required. If you have a family member who can pick up for you, if you have a neighbor who can pick up for you, please do that because we obviously don't want anybody to go without a Thanksgiving dinner. And along the same lines as that, are you able to bring any of them again to some of the folks who can't get out of the uh, locations, maybe even in or around the city? Well, we do have some churches and some different organizations that will pick up packages for us. You know, there are certain churches that will do that. We don't necessarily have the people to deliver like individual dinners anywhere. Um, But if you're part of a community or even the housing 
place, they just give us the number of meals that they need. Somebody from there can come and do it. But again, we don't like deliver on an individual basis. Are there any kind of prerequisites or is this first come, first serve? There are no prerequisites at all. I mean, everybody is welcome. The only thing that we ask is, you know, how many are in your family, just because we kind of need to have those statistics so we know the demographics that we're serving and stuff. But um, no, anybody can come. And again, we're hoping that we can accommodate everybody because 3,500 dinners is the most we've ever gotten. So we're really hoping that that will suffice. Let's talk about those dinners. And as, <laughs> as, as you said, this is the most that you've ever had to put together. So first of all, Linda, what's involved in the dinner itself? So everybody will receive a turkey, sweet potatoes, white potatoes, bread, stuffing, eggs, pie some vegetables, some apples, you know, just about everything that you need for a full Thanksgiving dinner. We're hoping to have some good, some goodies along with that, but that's what I know for sure. Well, just that in itself. And uh, I spoke, also spoke with Megan about the Thanksgiving dinner that is preceding your family to family program. And she said the cost of turkeys has gone up this year. So when it comes to something like that and you have to plan for all that, you must really be looking at quite a great amount. We are. When we ordered the turkeys, you know, they've gone up almost 100% in price looking at the availability of turkeys. Now, we do start ordering things in July. And because, as you can see, if you read the newspaper, all the prices are up everywhere. But especially for turkeys, like the price is just it's up 100%. You know, it's gradually gone up the last three months. And then, of course, with the quantity of food we want to get, some suppliers kind of have to order it in groups, you know, like to ordering 1,000 cans or 1,000 bags of something is one thing. But then when you have to order 3,500. So our prices have gone up quite a bit. Um, And again, because we're trying to feed more people. So we are asking for a little bit more money this year than we normally do. I mean, our goal this year is $150,000 and we're just praying that will cover the cost of everything. What if people are hearing about this now and they're saying, well, maybe they need a hand to put the things in the vehicles. And what about volunteers? We welcome anybody. We're, because it'll be a little bit colder. Last year, it was very chilly. So we only ask people to work in shifts of like two hours or two and a half hours. and the Drive-through will start at nine o'clock, and we will serve dinners until four thirty or until we run out. But we will have volunteers starting to come around eight or quarter after eight, just to like get signed up and help us get prepared a little bit. So, if people want to volunteer, they can email development at fotp ihmorg and we can get them signed up for any of the shifts. When we're also talking about the food. Maybe people are hearing about this for the first time. They may be new to the area and have been going to the um, other the other things, the the pantries. And so, I just want to make sure that people understand. Unlike the Thanksgiving dinner that happens before the family to family program, this is not already cooked. Correct? No, no. This is everything for you to prepare the meal. So. Yes, no, you get a raw whole turkey. It'll be um, about a 16-pound turkey or 14-pound turkey, somewhere in that area. You will get all the trimmings to make your own dinner. So hopefully it will help you feed your family. 
of several people. A lot of times when when people think about the family to family program, you know, we're used to hearing about it. But there are some who made going for the first time and saying, oh, I have to cook this now. So that's, <laughs> that, that just that just adds to the the whole Thanksgiving flair. And as I was saying to Megan, the other thing is the camaraderie. Because, again, the way that all these things were set up over the years, it was always bringing people together. But you're still not losing that, though, because it's, it sounds like, you know, you're still dealing with the with the people, the community and working with everybody that still brings everyone together. It does. And, you know, what? since COVID started, we've had so many new people come to volunteer. You know, there were a lot of people who were not working, so they had the kind time to come and see what the program was all about. And they loved it. We had people who showed up for every single giveaway since the beginning. Then, of course, as people started going back to work and school, you know, we got new volunteers. But I had one person say to me, I never knew it could be this much fun. And I was like, oh, my gosh, why wouldn't you be having fun while you're volunteering? (laughs) You know, like we want this to be a fun, happy time. You know, we're trying to spread joy and cheer, you know, in a very difficult situation. So we want people to interact. I mean, interaction with the people who are coming through is, is a bit limited, you know, especially with the COVID restrictions and stuff. But you can still say, hi, happy Thanksgiving. Thank you so much for coming. You know, we love that you're here. And but yes, it's such a it's been such a community building event for us. You know, if there was an upside to COVID, it was getting to know so many different people and watching their experiences with volunteering for the first time for our program. The family to family program has been a law around how long? This is our 35th year. But how long have you been in charge? Well, this is my and Ryan's seventh year. So this is our seventh year that we're heading it. Seven years. Oh, that time went by really fast. <laughs> it really did. It really did. It's been it's been such a joy. So what have you seen as far as the difference in the in the past seven years, besides the whole idea with COVID? Um, you know, you obviously were in the midst of the whole thing. And that just added another layer of I'll use the word excitement for for all of the different <laughs> things that you were involved in. But what else what else have you seen as far as the the trends as far as, you know, from then until now, especially the number of people that you've been helping? I think that I'm always a little bit surprised because I think people have an idea of who they think are coming for food. It's a lot of elderly, a lot of people who are on a fixed income, some large families and stuff that you know, have a lot of children or maybe somebody lost a job or, you know, just different circumstances. But again, we have people who may come one year for food and then the next year are volunteering for us, you know. So it's not that um, people are using this every single year and as a means to just get a dinner. Like there are people who are invested in this. There are people who are invested in the whole program and everything that we're doing. And a lot of our volunteers, who even came during the whole COVID thing, they would volunteer all day and then they would take meals out to people in need. You know, so I think COVID, it has shown us that we are able to do whatever we set out to do. You know, that when people were kind of locked down, we were able to come together very quickly with our community and start accommodating the needs of people. I think if anything, I just am amazed at our community. I mean, first of all, the generosity, you know, that we were able to put out these meals week after week for a year and a half and 
you know, and then just showing up and wanting to be a part of the whole thing. So I can't say that I've seen anything major. It's just kind of the love of our program, you know, me just getting more involved with our community and, and just watching it blossom. Well, Linda, you're getting ready, all set to go to get this one, (laughs) another one under your belt. So let's have you once again, just go over all the details of the day, especially the new location and the times and all the specifics that people are going to know for the family to family program. Okay. So our family to family food giveaway is going to be held on November 24th. The food will be given away from nine o'clock until 4.30 or until we run out. Um, volunteers are needed from about eight, eight o'clock until 5.30. And you can sign up for shifts at um, development at FOTP-IHM.org. Um, for anybody who wants to donate to us, we will take donations. You can send them into Family to Family, PO Box 13, Scranton, Pennsylvania, 18503. Or you can text THANKS to 570-525-5956. And we thank you very much. Once again, thanks to Linda Robeson, who joins her son Ryan as the co-chairs of the Friends of the Poor Family to Family Food Basket Program that will be happening at the Armed Forces Reserve new location at 3401 Oliphant Avenue in Scranton on Wednesday, November 24th from 9 a.m. to 4.30 p.m. And just a reminder that the 45th Annual Thanksgiving Community Program is getting underway Friday, November 19th. There will be an interfaith prayer service. You can attend live at Temple Hesed in Scranton, or you can also check the Friends of the Poor Facebook page because they will have a link to that program. Then on Tuesday, November 23rd, it will be the drive through Thanksgiving dinner. It's happening at the Scranton Cultural Center on North Washington Avenue and Vine in Scranton from 2.30 to 5.30 p.m. If you would like to volunteer or if you would like to make a donation, you can get in touch with Friends of the Poor and you can find out more by visiting their website or their Facebook page. Now, don't go away. One of the things that happened during the COVID-19 pandemic was a boost in telehealth care. Well, now we're going to meet a man who's taking it to another level on Special Edition. Welcome back to Special Edition. When we call it Blue Jeans by Verizon, they're not going into the clothing business, but it's all about taking health care, telehealth care, to the next level. We're going to meet Chief Innovator and Strategist Krish Ramakrishnan, and he has the details. Krish, I am really excited to hear what you have to say about this, because when they sent me the information, as far as this technology is concerned, I am so intrigued. Can you give our listeners a little bit of an overview of what it's all about? Yes, absolutely. Again, good morning, Paula. Glad to be here. Glad to talk to you about this interesting medium. Because during the pandemic, everybody used some mechanism of uh, televisit, even people who have been hesitant before. And slowly people are realizing there's a tremendous amount of benefit for using televisit. It's going to be the new uh, house call. 
of the new year. Now, one of the missing elements is when you're visiting using televisit, how do you transmit some of patient information such as your heart rate, et cetera, to your doctor so that they, you can have a more meaningful, meaningful conversation? And this um, integration that we have done with Apple Health is one of the new ways to make that a well-rounded conversation. And I'm very excited to talk about that. When we're talking about devices, and as you mentioned, telehealth became very prominent through the pandemic and is continuing along. But so many people and myself use a watch that counts our steps now that that's evolved into your heart rate and your sleep time. All of that comes in very handy, but sometimes you forget to do it. Now, Chris, I understand that you've taken this to another level. Yes. What we have done, for those joining from my iPhone, integration with the Apple Health and into our tiles makes it very simple for you to uh, transmit that data that you just mentioned, Paula, about um, ECG, whether your heart rate, the steps you have taken, uh, the sleep, all this mobility data at your fingertips that you have done in your iPhone can be easily transmitted to your doctor. So when you have this televisit, your doctor is able to see this, and that gives a whole new level of context to that discussion. And that makes a better outcome of the visit. And it's so simple to do. You're in control. All you have to do is click and give permission to transmit data. And voila, the the, uh, provider is able to see it on the other end. Very simple. And it's all encrypted. And do I also understand that you're somehow integrating clothing? Well, not yet, but over time, uh, innovation can happen everywhere. It's, uh, so the whole ability is to be able to transmit uh, data that is vital to a, a, to a television, right? And uh, over time, a variable will take uh, different uh, routes. But it's all in the new medium and new outcome, as I said. This will be the new uh, house call. We have to think about HIPAA. So how do you keep everything safe? Yeah, Paula, that is a great question. Security and privacy features are built into the platform. Things like access control, encryption, privacy check, fraud detection, a whole host of things so that a patient and a provider have a secure conversation. And Bluetooth, as you mentioned, actually is uh, HIPAA ready and Verizon will sign BAA to meet uh, regulatory requirements uh, with connection to healthcare. It's all secure. Privacy is built in, into the platform and that's going to elevate confidence for both uh, patients and, and providers to use this medium more and more. After all, it's going to bring in so many more benefits, convenience, access to healthcare in rural areas, specialty care, all those things are making it way possible. And with the data integration, it makes it more holistic in terms of uh, conversation and patient outcomes. You're able to even do more diagnosis over telemedicine as well. So 
Chris, what do you want our listeners to know then as far as all of this health-based technology is concerned so that they'll feel confident when it comes time to get involved and be able to use this? It is very simple to use. We made it uh, so simple so that you can use a browser on a mobile phone or even a desktop. You don't even have to download an app to use it. The provider will send you a link, you click on it, and, and you have a video session inside Blue Jeans Telehealth app with your, with your provider. And it'll be more like an inpatient visit with customized waiting rooms where the physicians may have provided you with an intake form or reading materials, any, anything that you want to relay. And as I said before, with an iPhone integration, you're ready to transmit personal data that you have collected on your wearable into that session. So it's a simple way to join a meeting with your doctor and have a great experience because you're transmitting all this contextual information to have a better outcome of that session. I'm so excited, though, that there's possibly clothing. I think that would be terrific because we all have to put on a shirt. Sometimes we forget about putting on the watch. So is something like that getting close? So many innovations that are happening uh, in terms of wearable technology. And who knows, some days your blue jeans may be your best medical device. All in the future, as I said, this is a whole host of innovation that is happening. We are pioneering in terms of the patient experience, in terms of communication technology that is used in this area. And finally, uh, in, in terms of providing all of the regular the data that is needed so that you can avoid a visit unless for those situations where it's unavoidable. The future is very bright here. Any type of innovation is possible. And Krish, when you get to that point, I'm more than happy to help you out and, and be one of those who gives it a shot first. So please keep in touch. Thank you, Paula. The technology is ready. You can use BlueJeans uh, Telehealth today. Thanks, Krish. And you can find out more by looking up Blue Jeans by Verizon. Thanks for listening to Special Edition, a weekly look at the issues in the news and the personalities shaping the stories. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 
Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.